You know, there, there just becomes a time when the goodness of God begins to manifest and flow. You can't help but want to be thankful. You, you can't help but want to praise Him. You can't help but want to shout. You can't help but want to rejoice. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Where would we be if it wasn't for Him? And, and we refuse to be dis, discouraged. We de, refuse to be depressed. For He has given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I mean, if heaviness even thinks about trying to get on you, the Word of God has a solution. He said, put on. You know what? Sometimes you got to put something on. If you go out and and it's raining outside, how many of you know you need to put on a a raincoat? Well, you know, why do you put on that raincoat? So the rain doesn't affect you. So Isaiah says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But you know what? Uh, Most importantly is God is blessed when we are shouting and rejoicing and praising him because it's an acknowledgement that we're, our, our trust is in Him. Uh, sh- only faith people rejoice and shout and are glad. Let me say that again. Only faith people rejoice and shout and they're glad. People who are in fear are filled with despair and are down and gloomy. But those that rejoice in the Lord are those who put their trust in Him. And you've learned to shout and you learn to praise Him before you see the answer because that's what faith people do. Faith people, they rejoice and they shout and they're glad before they see it. Before they see it. I don't know what you need to see, but if you'll shout before you see it, He'll let you see it. If you'll just go ahead and shout for that which you can't quite see yet, he will let you see it. Psalms chapter 5, verse 11 says, But let those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let all those who put their, uh, but let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous, and with favor will you surround him with a shield. Psalms uh, chapter 32, verse 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy. All ye upright in heart, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Hallelujah. The Bible says here in, uh, in uh, Psalms, the 34th chapter, it says, Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, of uh, uh, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions, uh, and, uh, the, the lung, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1 talks about those who love him, though you've not seen him yet. Though you love him, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And then it goes on to say, receiving the end of your faith. 
So the first thing before receiving the end of your faith is rejoicing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe. Everyone say, I believe. believe. And then it says we rejoice. Rejoice. And then it says we receive. receive. Now, you may be standing. You may be leaving. you You might be trusting God. But it says, though you've not seen him, you believe, then you rejoice, and then you receive. So we've got believing first. Then we go to rejoicing, then we go to receiving. I tell you what, the word is alive unto us. We have a reason to trust the Lord. He has never let us down. He has never lied. He's never come, not come through. He's never not honored his word. If he said it, he'll do it. If he's spoken it, he'll make it good. We have every reason to trust him and rejoice before we see it, even though we don't have it in our possession yet. Because he's faithful, we can know that he's coming through. So we might as well go ahead and rejoice before we see it and shout like we know it's happening and know that God's faithful to do it. Father, we bless you. We glorify you. We bless your holy name. Come on, rejoice a little bit more. Rejoice a little bit more. Let your own ears hear you shout. Let your own ears hear you shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We bless your name. We honor you. We glorify you. This is the day. This is the day. We will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. This is the day. This is the day. Today. Today we rejoice and we're exceedingly glad. Because, we, Lord, we know you're faithful. That promise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You look a lot better when you're shouting and you're smiling. I'm just telling you. You know, it just totally puts the devil on the run. The devil knows he has no chance with you when you're smiling and you're full of joy and you're happy and your praise is on. The devil knows he's under your feet. If you're praising and you're shouting, he knows you're in faith. He knows you're trusting God and there's nothing he can do about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just stir ourselves up a little bit more. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just pray? Activate, the, activate your spirit right now. Hallelujah. There's victory in this place today. There's victory in this place today. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Your breakthrough, your answer is here. Breakthrough is coming to this house, to your house. Because God's visiting your house. Hallelujah. While you're in here, he's taking care of things back there at your place. Hallelujah. Whatever you need to have done in your family and in your home. Some of your relatives that don't know the Lord like you would like to see them. We're we're, we're calling them in. Hallelujah. We're staying in faith for them. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can take your seats now that you're properly stirred. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is the day. This is. This is. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. So we've got freedom and we've got liberty today. Praise God. Uh, How many of you were with us yesterday morning? Praise God. Just about everybody here. Uh, Who could tell me something you got yesterday? Pop quiz. Something you got yesterday that was a a nugget for you or a 
some, you know, not just something added on to what you've already known, but just something that was revelation to you yesterday. Anything. Yeah. What you were saying about not just painting the walls. Yeah. What you were saying about not just painting the walls, but totally ripping them down yeah. and recreating something. Yeah. That was such revelation to me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Praise God. How's that apply to you and what something that was said yesterday besides a, you know, an illustration of it? Was there something that helped you rip down a wall? Mm -hmm. Just absolutely just, you know, not allowing a single area in my life to be not changed by God. Just awesome. to continue to let God change every single area. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Anybody else want to share something in the very back? Thank you, Kevin, with the, with the microphone. So yesterday you give the illustration of a balloon, mm -hmm. right? And when you said it, I didn't have that opening about just let, let, just let everything go and mm -hmm. let his will, let, let his breath go in mm -hmm. and just explode. Uh -huh. And um, when you said it, I'm like, a balloon? <laughs> and then I looked at the balloon because, you know, when you're making a, um, you're making a, a, a balloon arch, you uh -huh. have to know the right amount of here to put in each balloon, right, right? right? If you put too much, it will explode. Yeah. So I went back home and I said, balloon. <laughs> and I started back from there and I said, Lord, let your breath be my helium that I overflow. If I explode, I explode Beautiful. in you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Good, good, good. Anybody else? Yeah, right here. That the word of God is different. You know, when you open the word and he talks to us, sometimes we don't... <laughs> Once we read it, sometimes we don't understand it right away. Yeah. And he speaks to us in a different way, and we understand it different. Uh -huh. So we can bring that to others, that uh -huh. we can express it better to others, that God has imparted that in us through the word, yes. that we can bring it out to Him, to other people, and we can encourage the people because we know that he has given it to us in our amen. heart. Amen, amen, His substance yeah. is in his word. Yeah. Amen. One more, anybody else? Pastor Justin? Kevin's going to hold the mic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the containers, that the substance of him himself, that the words he was speaking was so powerful. He chose his language very directly, saying, I'm only going to say what I hear my father yeah. say. Yeah. He just wasn't saying everything. Right. Because that was God's words, the container of those yeah. words. And so you were saying, believe that when you're speaking, it's yes. like Jesus saying it himself. So that was so powerful, not just saying whatever you want throughout the day, right. but really thinking about what you're saying yeah. with uh, direction and saying, no, when I say this, this is coming to pass, so I better be careful what I say. Exactly. Amen. Praise God. We'll get one more. Yes, <laughs> also, uh, since we are such faith people and uh, seeing that in uh, Mark 11, where it says three times saying, one time believing, uh -huh. how you kind of made a correction there where you said, Brother Hagen actually said to teach it three times uh -huh. more of the speaking than mm -hmm. the believing. And so the believing and the speaking are equal. equal it's parts. one to one part, but not just speaking, 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 but to actually hook up every time you say it with your believing. Amen. Amen. Awesome. We're going to end with that because we're going to pick up right there. Perfect. Perfect transition, Pastor Megan. Amen. Glory to God. In John's gospel, the fourth chapter, you don't need to turn there. I will just refer to it here for a moment. It is the event of when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well. And uh, in this event, here's this woman. And you're all familiar with it, so I don't have to go too far deep into it. And that's why I'm not going to turn to it and read it right at the moment. 
But just the, the, the thought of, uh, again, in these two morning sessions, though our, our subject is healing in a sense, we're not teaching precepts about healing. We're talking about connection with God. Because if you connect with God, healing is easy. If you connect with God, your finances are easy. The connection is him. Jesus said, have faith in God. He didn't just say have faith and just apply faith somewhere and try to apply faith to things. It's have a connection in God. Faith is the result of our connection with God. Faith is our operating system because we're new creatures in Christ. Amen. It's how he operates. So it's how we operate. Amen. We're not just trying to learn faith. We're connecting with him so that his operating system works through us, in us, out of us, the outflow of us. Amen. So at the, the woman at the well, when Jesus spoke to her, here's somebody who's had a very dramatic life. And all of us at some point or another can recall some drama. And uh, particularly, you know, if, if, you, if you start talking to people about your story, uh, sometimes, and, and Kevin cautioned us on Sunday morning about rehearsing the bad parts of your story, the bad parts of your testimony, because it takes you back to that place and that bondage comes right back up. So it's, it, it's a caution because it's a counterfeit to the power of God. When we rehearse our testimony and who we are in him, then we carry the substance of God in those words. And that substance manifests, God manifests, right? This is the whole operating system we're talking about. All right. So here's a woman with a lot of drama and she's drawing water. And so drawing water in those days, right? Uh, thankfully, we're not having to draw water every day. There are still places on the earth that people have to do that. Thankfully, it's very convenient for most of us, right? And even though it even just comes out of the taps, it, we, we still go buy it in plastic bottles. But anyway, um, you know, we drank out of the hose when I was a kid outside. You know, if you're outside playing, you don't come back inside. You just turn the hose on. Uh, but I didn't live in Florida where the water's hot when it comes out of the hose. So <laughs> I lived in the Midwest and it was cold water, so it was refreshing. But anyhow, uh, water being a necessity for her, every day has to draw water because you need it for the necessity of life. So here she is having gone through a lot of things still going through a lot of things. And Jesus doesn't talk to her about God. He talks about water. Because that's what she needs right then. She needs water. And she needs it every day. And so they just start talking about water because this is an absolute necessity in your life. This is a necessity. You have to have this every day. So then he says, could you give me something to drink? And she says, well, why are you even talking to me? Number one, this is totally against protocol, totally against how we do things. First of all, you're a man. I'm a woman. We don't do that. You're a, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. That We don't mix either. And so all kinds of things are wrong here. Why are you even talking to me? And then he said something amazing. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who's talking to you, you would ask me for water, and I would give you living water. Amen. So we've already established that water is a necessity. And now he brings up the, uh, the opportunity to have something that will be perpetual. 
I'm going to give you living water. Well, she's still thinking naturally, of course. So she says, well, you don't even have a bucket. Where are you going to get it? You don't have anything to draw with. And he said that it would become in you. In you. Praise God. So uh, <clears throat> she's, she, you know, they're having a conversation. And, and, he, and uh, she said, well, I'd like to have that. And he said, well, why don't you go get your husband? And we'll talk about it. Let's, let's do it right. Let's do it right. Go get your husband. And she said, well, I don't have one. And you know this event, of course. And he says, I know. <laughs> You've had five. The one you're with now is not your husband and so on. And then she has the aha moment where she says, oh, you're a prophet. <laughs> you're a prophet. We've been talking about water, 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 water. Now you know my heart. Wait a minute. And her first question is about how to connect with God. Her question is how to connect with God. Her question wasn't about drama. It wasn't fixing her issues in her life. It was about connecting with God. Because she said, our fathers worship this way. You Jews say in Jerusalem is the right way. And the real, she's not really talking about a method of worship. She's talking about connecting. You're a prophet. You know him. You seem to know him. Can I know him? And that's the real necessity, come on, of our life. We have to have that every day, like she had to have water every day. And basically, Jesus is equating this absolute necessity of life to our connection in God. And she made that connection. Praise God. She's like, how can, can I connect and how can I connect? So we have Jesus answer. He says, the time is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So John chapter 4, verse 24 is an amazing statement. Jesus said, God is spirit. God is spirit. And we've got to start everything right there. God is spirit. Didn't even just say God is a spirit. God is spirit. It's the very essence of him. He is spirit. He doesn't just have spirit. He just isn't just a spirit. He is spirit. Glory to God. And that's why when he breathed on his word, that essence went into everything he said because he is spirit. He's not a body. He's not a mind. He is spirit. Amen. Amen. I hear uh, I hear Pastor Justin um, saying some things sometimes, and I think it's because of your relationship with Pastor or with with Dr. Mary Fran, and uh, because she always calls the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit. She doesn't ever address him as the Holy Spirit. She just says Holy Spirit said, Holy Spirit said. And I love that. I love that because she's not making him a thing. Sorry about that. That's me. She's not making him a thing. She's addressing him as who he is. He is Holy Spirit. I love that. And so in, in John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus said, God is spirit. And so to connect with him, it's got to be spirit to spirit. 
the good news is you are also spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, spirit is the real you. It's the biggest part of you. You also have a body and a soul. Right? But the part that was recreated when you became born again was your spirit. You still have flesh, got to deal with. Amen. Come on, somebody say, you got to deal with it, right? You got to do something with it. You still have a mind. You got to do something with it. You have to renew your mind. Amen. But even in renewing your mind, uh, many times we have uh, relegated that to another thing we have to do. I have to renew my mind. How do I do it? With the washing of the word. Okay, I read. <laughs> Reading doesn't renew your mind. It's a step in that direction. But just plain reading, like reading through the Bible, you know, through the year in a Bible plan, it's a good idea to read through the Bible, but just getting your chapters in isn't renewing your mind. You've got to focus your attention. Once again, this is what we were talking about yesterday, is realizing that all Scripture is given by God by inspiration and contains His essence, contains His substance in those words. We're not just memorizing Scripture in order to confess it later at some point. We're not just reading a book to get it in, saying, I read the Word, I know the Word. Right? So God is Spirit. And even renewing your mind with his word, uh, really, um, I, I kind of liken it this way. We're talking about connecting with God. Many times, because we know the Bible says that faith comes, right, by what? Hearing. Hearing the word, right? Again, every interaction with God is through the heart and through the spirit. Even though faith comes by hearing the, the, through your ears, it's not the physical act of hearing that causes faith. Right. It's the spiritual act of hearing yes. that causes faith. Yes. Your inner man, your spirit has the same five senses your body has. Yes. Your spirit man can hear, taste, touch, smell, yes. right? And what's the other one? Uh, see, <laughs> I got it. All five senses, your spirit has those five senses. So faith comes by hearing on the inside. On the inside. The mechanism is your ears. Right? The mechanics of it goes through your ears. But it's not just your ears that make you hear the word. It's when your spirit is alive and gets the essence and the substance of what he's saying and you're connecting with him and you hear his word. It's not, it's not like, I often say it this way. It's not just that the word comes through your ears and somehow by gravity gets down to your spirit. Because I, we've treated it, many times people have treated it that way is the more I hear eventually it'll get down into my spirit and do something. It's not gravity. When you renew your mind with the word, when you hear the word with your spirit, basically you're renewing your mind so it catches up with your spirit. Because that word is, if, if you'll let it, will go directly into your spirit. Faith comes. Yes, right. yes. Another translation of Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing is this. 
And we consider that faith is awakened by the message. And the message that awakens it is the preaching of Christ. So when you hear truth, it wakes up the faith that God placed on the inside of you. The operating system that he put in you when you got born again. He put faith in you. The whole new operating system he put on the inside of you when you were recreated human spirit. When you got born again, he put in you that capacity for the balloon. So when the word is breathed into you, right? That balloon takes shape, takes form in the form that God intended it. No word of God will go, uh, will return void, but it will take its place. It will become what he said it would become. Amen. Amen. So faith wakes up when you hear truth. It's not the accumulation of faith that ends up changing your life. It's not the accumulation of the word, I should say, or hearing and hearing and hearing. How much can I, can I, can I just, how much word do I have to hear to give back to God to get my miracle? And we've treated it that way in a manner of speaking, not on purpose, but we kind of absorbed things and translated it into, I must need a lot of faith because I have a big problem. When Jesus spoke with the woman at the well, he just talked about it like water. It shouldn't be a labor to go get it every day. It should be in you. Amen. Yes, yes. You don't have to go draw water every day, but you still need water every day. It's not by labor that you go get it, but now it's going to be in you, springing up in you to bring you everlasting life. Why? You are a spirit being created in his image and you've got him on the inside of you perpetually in you. Amen. So Jesus said, God is spirit. Good news is so are we. That's how we communicate with him. Spirit to spirit, not mind to spirit, not body to spirit. Right. But spirit to spirit. Hallelujah. And so he said in John's gospel, the seventh chapter, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Amen. And that water will become in him rivers springing up to everlasting life. Glory to God. If any man thirst, let him come to me. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm thirsty every day. Sometimes we talk about, sometimes we talk about, you know, those, uh, what Psalm says, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. And sometimes we, we think, oh, people just aren't thirsty and people just aren't hungry. But in the natural, you are every day. Every day. If you'll pay attention, your spirit is hungry and thirsty. If you pay attention. But see, many times we're more body minded Uh than spirit minded. But we are spirits. We just got to get better at being spirits, don't we? And answering the appetite that your spirit has. Uh Having a good appetite really is a great indicator of a healthy person. (laughs) (laughs) Healthy people have good appetites. Right? When you're sick, you don't feel like eating anything. You don't want to do anything. It's like nothing sounds good. Nothing sounds good. You go to the refrigerator. No, nothing sounds good. Go to the cupboard. Nothing sounds. I don't know what I want. And if we're not careful, we get lazy 
even spiritually, and we're like, I don't know what I want. I hope the pastor's got something good. <laughs> you know? And, and if the pastor's the only one feeding you, Right? And if the only relationship you have is just with the book, the way the pastor preaches it, then you're starving and don't even know it. And that's why there's so much drama in our lives. When we have access on the inside, on the inside to quench every thirst. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, they say if you wait to, to drink until you're thirsty, it's already too late. Yeah. You know? And here in this climate, right, we're, we're cautioned all the time, drink plenty of water, drink a lot of water, especially if you're outside, you know, and, and, you're, and you just drink a lot of water, drink a lot of water. And, uh, you know, it's important to the function of your body to drink, even if you're not thirsty. So how thirsty do you have to be to drink from the wells of salvation? <laughs> Just drink. Amen. Just drink every day. Amen. 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 If you're thirsty, it might be because you haven't been drinking. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Now, I know we can be extra hungry and all of that. That's, that's all good. But we really should just pay attention and be thirsty and be hungry because it's normal. <laughs> it's normal to be ready for your meal. It's normal, amen, to, get, to have something to drink. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Praise God. We said yesterday... Uh, about Nicodemus in John's Gospel, the third chapter. And uh, we'll go back there and just reiterate a little bit here. <clears throat> Remember that Nicodemus said to the Lord, uh, we know that you're a teacher come from God because nobody can do the things that you're doing unless he comes from God. All the things that Jesus did were supernatural. Amen above the natural means, above the natural. I love how he even took a supernatural route when natural means were available, right? Feeding the 5,000, <laughs> the coin in, in the fish's mouth, right? Different things that he did, water into wine. I mean, the things that were like, come on, let's go the supernatural route even, yes. instead of just going with the natural route. Well, what do you have? Well, we just have a few fish and and some bread. Well, let's use that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's use that. Yeah. Glory to God. So, um, uh, so Nicodemus says, nobody can do the things you're doing unless he comes from God. So shouldn't we be desiring those kind of results in our lives, the things that are above what we can already do? Amen. Shouldn't we look for ways to get things beyond our means? supernatural ways beyond our means. Kevin's testimony on Sunday morning, his parents found him uh, really close to death and they put him on the table. I wasn't there. I've never even been inside that house that he lived in, but I picture it in my mind every time he tells it. I can see it. 
And they laid him on the table. And Kevin's dad came in from work and said, what's happening? What's wrong with Kevin? She said, well, we either need to have a miracle right now or we need to rush him to the hospital. They didn't immediately get in the car and go. Yeah, that's right. They took a moment. Come on. Wait a Come minute. On Wait a minute. We have access. Yes. We have access. We have an operating system. Come on. That's not available to everybody. Well, there, I mean, it is available. <laughs> Amen. But to the born again person, we have access to a whole operating system that is separate from this natural world. And Nicodemus recognized it because he said, you're doing things that only people who know God can do. So people who know God, I'm talking to you this morning. If you know God, why, why aren't you doing or are you doing those things? Are you accessing those things? Or are you just waiting for him to initiate and going to him when you run out of yourself? Listen, I ran out of myself a long time ago. Amen. Not because I failed, but because I realized his ways are just better. And if I have access to supernatural, why am I trying so hard to do things by myself and then go, okay, I need you. I think that's what, what Paul was telling Timothy when he said, there's a group of people now that are, de- that are acting like they're godly, but they're denying the power. Yeah. Yeah. Act all respectful of God. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm this, I'm that. I'm a, and they have zero power. We have, we have a, huge, a huge percentage of believers with no power. Yeah. Or they're not acting on their power. They're not using their power. They have it. They don't know they have it. If you don't know you have something, you can't use it. Yeah. Amen. We're here to remind you what you have. Amen. Thank What you have in him. What you possess in him. You don't have to try to get it. You just have to learn to operate in it. And practice it. Amen. Praise God because it's who you are. So he said, if you're from above because you're doing things. And then Jesus, once again, remember, he was basically prophesying. Unless a man is born from above, he, he won't be able to perceive these things. So you could flip it and say, when a man is born from above, he'll begin to see these things himself. He'll begin to do these things. That's what he told the woman at the well. It'll become in you. In John chapter 7, it'll be in you. This is what's available to you once you're in him. Praise God. the, The Christian who actually considers God in all their ways is becoming rarer and rarer. Consider him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. Not just when you need to get over a sickness. Not just when you need extra money. Not just, but, yeah. but continually checking in. Why? Because water's a necessity. Yes. It's a necessity. You don't need it once a week. You don't need it once a month. You need it every day. 
every day and it should be coming up on the inside of you. This whole operating system, come on, we're, we've upgraded. <laughs> we have upgraded to something far better than mere men. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so unless a man is born from above, he cannot see or perceive these things. First Corinthians, the second chapter, and around the 14th verse, it says that natural man cannot receive the things of God. Cannot. Natural man. Amen. Now, there's, there's, there's three kinds of men. There's natural man. There's spiritual man. Right? And there's carnal man. Paul talked about him in 1 Corinthians chapter, seven, uh, chapter 2. There's natural man, spiritual man, and carnal man. What's carnal man? He's a spiritual man acting like a natural man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where a lot of the body of Christ is. They're spiritual men acting like natural men, so they're carnal, and they can't receive the deeper things. But natural man can't even see the things of God. Isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious? It makes zero sense to them. They've got no hunger, no appetite for the things of God because they can't even see it. Natural man cannot receive the things of God. Look with me to uh, John's Gospel, the 14th chapter. John chapter 14. We were here last night in declaring and calling for things. And Jesus said, I will do them. Amen. Verse 15 of John chapter 14 said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, not an attitude of truth, <laughs> right? Spirit of truth. He is, right? The spirit of truth, whom, not it, whom the world cannot receive. Cannot receive. Why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, he said see. It doesn't see him. You don't see him either. Not with these eyes. But you do see him. Right? Kevin just exhorted us about it. Even though you haven't seen him, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. Amen. Even though you don't see him, you see him. Amen. That's that inner man. Your spirit man sees him. Maybe not in a picture, not in an image, but you know him, you see him, you experience him. And he said, the world can't because they can't see him, but you can see him. Amen. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Glory. In you. Everybody say, in me. In me. Oh, my. If we would really grasp this, yes. our union with him. 
that we're not separated from him. He's in heaven and we're here. We're trying yeah. to get something he's got and bring it down here. And, and all the semantics of it, it's somewhere not where we are. <laughs> yeah. That our answer is somehow not in the vicinity of where we are. That somehow our answer's in heaven or our answer's in somebody else or our answer's at, at, at the bank or our answer's at the hospital or our answer is somewhere out here. When our answer is in us. He, he got in us so that we wouldn't be left alone, he said. I will not leave you. The world doesn't know him. He says, but you know him. Why? Because he's just like me, Jesus said. You already know me, therefore you already know him. Glory to God. Natural man can't, but you can because you are no longer natural man. Amen. You are now spiritual man. That's right. Quit thinking of yourself as natural man. John G. Lake said, if you, even, if you separate yourself from God, even in thought life, you'll be defeated. You can't separate yourself from him, even in your thoughts. We've been seated. We're in heavenly places in Christ. Praise God. You are a new creature. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, let's, let's re-look at it because we're, we're uh, rebuilding from the studs. Hallelujah. We're not leaving our walls bare after today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I like looking at familiar scriptures so that you reorganize yourself, reorient um, yourself with his substance in these words. Remember, it's his substance in the words. It's him. He breathed these words. When he gave them to Paul, he, he breathed his very life into the language, and now the words carry the life. Remember, we said that Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 12th verse in the Amplified says, the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Why? Because he spoke it and his substance is in it and is sustaining its form and sustaining its shape like that balloon. And so his word is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. We don't have to make it operative, energizing, and effective. It already is operative and energetic and effective, but we're receiving it in our spirit. Come on. Not through our mind, trying to get gravity to make something happen here, but already our spirit is catching it, catching it on the 